Welcome to the Herringay Education Partnership Brief. It's Monday, the 27th of March. I'm Luke. And I'm Maya, and we're here to bring you up to date with what's happening in education. This is the last brief before Easter break, and there's a lot going on when it comes to education in England right now. So today, we're going to forego our usual deep dive and instead go into a bit more depth with the news. Here's what you need to know this week. The Department for Education has launched a consultation on the early career framework and initial teacher training. The launch is mainly due to a report published last year that revealed most teacher mentors thought the support package for new teachers had no impact on retention. There were also concerns raised about overloading early career teachers and their mentors with extra work. The DFE said the consultation will inform amendments to the frameworks, but is not expected to fundamentally change them. Education Secretary Gillian Keegan has said that the government is aiming to publish draft transgender guidance for schools later in the spring. The final guidance is due to come later in the year. Education organisations and unions previously released guidance for schools to deal with sensitive issues concerning transgender pupils in absence of government advice. Keegan wrote, I appreciate the demand for this guidance is significant. However, this is such a complex and sensitive area. I'm sure you will understand that it is incredibly important that we take the time to get the guidance right. A company called Greenhouse School Websites has developed an algorithm that they claim can accurately tell when Ofsted are looking at your school website. One of the principles of Ofsted is that schools should only be told about inspections the day before they happen. But inspectors do look at key documents from a school's website between two days and two weeks before inspections. Already over 2,000 schools have signed up to receive Ofsted alert emails through Greenhouse School website services. The way it works is the algorithm looks for a pattern of behaviour associated with an Ofsted visit and then alerts school leaders to a possible Ofsted visitor. Though not 100% accurate, former inspectors have said these alerts amount to gaming the system and some school leaders have called them unethical. The service is provided by the company at no additional cost and schools can opt out. The company said no schools had, but several heads claimed they had when approached by Schoolsweek. On to teacher recruitment, or lack thereof. The National Foundation for Educational Research released its annual labor market report, which contains worrying stats of the recruitment crisis. Despite rises in bursaries, Enfer estimates the DFE will miss its initial teacher trainee recruitment target for secondary teachers by 42%. In order to avert this crisis, the DFE must offer a pay rise of over 4.1% for teachers next year. Schools Week has compiled seven important findings from the report. First, only 79% of the primary teacher recruitment target is set to be met, a drop of 14 percentage points since last year. 
Second, just 59% of the overall secondary target was met, with only 4 out of 17 targets for individual subjects hit. Third, restoring bursaries did improve recruitment for the subjects that saw boosts. Fourth, only 19% of the target for physics teachers could be met, only slightly higher than the 17% predicted for this year. Fifth, maths are achieving their targets, but those targets may not accurately reflect need for math specialists. Sixth, teacher vacancies were 93% higher than pre-pandemic levels. And finally, NFER noted that the job benefits for teachers, including salaries, are not keeping pace with other sectors. All considered not great news, but perhaps these dire predictions can help the government put measures in place to prevent a real crisis. And finally, we're not quite done with Ofsted news. To get everyone up to speed, last week, news came out that Ruth Perry, head at a primary school in Reading, took her own life while waiting for the publication of an Ofsted inspection report that downgraded her school from outstanding to inadequate. Obviously, suicide is complicated, and no doubt the reasons behind this instance were various, but Perry's family have blamed the pressure from the Ofsted report for her death. The incident caused a massive outpouring of discontent and frustration targeted at Ofsted in a week that some news outlets called Ofsted's Week of Reckoning. The complaints mainly came from other headteachers who saw the death of Ruth Perry as a sign that the pressures of an Ofsted inspection had hit an unmanageable high. Last Tuesday, a headteacher in Berkshire said she would refuse access to Ofsted inspectors to take a stand against the inspection framework. Though the inspection went ahead in the end, it was accompanied by staff protests and police. Amanda Spielman, Ofsted's chief inspector, released a statement on Friday and said she was deeply sorry for the Perry family's loss. In the rest of the statement, she acknowledged the difficulties that head teachers face as of late, and even called the response to Ruth Perry's death an understandable outpouring of grief and anger from many people in education. But she also said that halting inspections, as some head teachers and unions have asked, would not be in the children's best interests. She said Ofsted aims to carry out inspections with sensitivity as well as professionalism, and though the debate to remove inspection grades is legitimate, the grades do serve their purpose to inform parents about a school's status in a simple and accessible way. Many education professionals, however, remain unconvinced. In his blog, Tom Sherrington, former head teacher and creator of Walkthroughs, says Ofsted has to change and goes on to list reasons of how the inspection system is toxic and also how terrible he felt during his time working as a head. Mr P, a teacher and popular teacher trainer focused on tech, created a Google form for head teachers to anonymously post their experiences with Ofsted inspections. The vast majority of the 2,400 plus comments are highly negative. We'll see if any substantial changes will come out of this tragic situation, but it has certainly opened the floodgates for education leaders to share their mostly negative opinions of Ofsted. This week at HEP. It's a light week as it's the week before Easter break, but we do have a couple of events on. 
On Wednesday the 29th, Jan McGuire is hosting an RE deep dive titled Being Ofsted Ready. The session runs from 1.30 to 3.30 in the afternoon and will be online. And to round off the term, Leadership 55 is back, this time with Benny Cara, on Thursday at 4. If your school has already subscribed to Leadership 55, we will be sending you a link. If not, make sure you buy a place on the program so you can see this session, as well as exclusive recordings of the previous three. All sessions are available on the HEP Booking Hub. This week, we've been watching The Curriculum as the Progression Model with Alex Pethick. The Director of Curriculum at the Knowledge School Trust, Alex Pethick, shares an honest account of the thinking around the curriculum at her trust and talks about what progression can look like in the wider curriculum. She also dives into what this can look like practically and some of the challenges you're likely to face when designing your own dream curriculum. This week, we've been listening to the Interconnected Primary Curriculum with guest Emma Turner on the Dynamic Deputies podcast. On this podcast, Emma talks about primary curriculum design and effective subject leadership. This is a brilliant interview with someone who fully appreciates the complexity and beauty of teaching and leading in primary schools. This week, we've been reading Case Study, Creating a Sense of Belonging at St. Thomas More on the HEP Insights page. Check out the latest case study from Penny Raybigger, an independent consultant and member of the Haringey Racial Equity Group. In this case study, Penny speaks to Alex Rosen, head of school at St Thomas More, about the school culture. Alex talks about how no child is left behind through building a sense of community and through acting in harmony with families when it comes to high aspirations and educational attainment for all students. That's it for our Monday, 27th of March, HEP Brief. Thank you for listening. We're taking a break next week, but stay tuned to HEP Talks for a longer interview coming up next Monday. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, share on social media, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This brief has been written and produced by Maya Cardwell and Luke Kemper. Music by Slow Pony. That's S-L-O Pony. We'll see you in two weeks.